the only one Well, it'll take me a lifetime, old man To undo what you've done Welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. You know, I'm Bruce. I'm joined by Nolan. But Nolan, this time we have a very special guest, Mr. Rodrigo Simas. Rodrigo actually is an absurdly talented photographer. You've seen his photos plastered everywhere. If you follow any sort of DMB social media um, from probably our account to Gorge Crew to the main Dave Matthews Band fan page, you have seen his photography everywhere so you are well aware of you should be well aware of who he is and if not you do know who he is without knowing who he is Um, but at the same time he is the official content creator and runs a social media for the band as well so we have a ton uh to talk about uh with him today yes welcome rodrigo joining us all the way from portugal where you just moved how has everything been going with that move from brazil to portugal been fun we've been here for uh almost 10 days now and it's been excited it's excited to move from one continent to another <laughs> it's busy but it's it's cool awesome awesome <laughs> yeah excited that's one way to put it that that long of a move <laughs> Whew. we moved like 10 minutes away and uh, oh man that was uh that well, was it, it was really man cool. it was easier than i thought it'd be really we, we traveled with 12 big cases two cats a kid more <laughs> and more like our hand case and anyway it was it was a big uh, trip and i'm alive so yeah <laughs> everything working yeah it's great into that, that yeah you know really first off we've asked how you are which you, you've been up to lately over the past year last time you saw the band um even what have you been up to so I work for, I do a bunch of different stuff back in Brazil. So I'm, I'm a graphic designer. So I work as a freelancer in Brazil as well, doing a bunch of work, design work for different agencies. I work uh, as a produ- produ- producer for uh, three or four different promoters in Brazil. So I, I work a lot with uh, uh, concert promotions and concert production. So we are planning for the whole 2022 now. So uh, there were, it was a really busy year because I kept my DMB social media and, and other stuff that I do for them. Uh, that kept us busy during the, most of the, the pandemic with uh, all the, 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 the shows that we put on uh, on the internet. And anyway, I, I kept busy as much or more than any other year. The difference is that I was not able to travel and do the photography work. My photography work was basically zero. But besides that, all my other kind of work that I do was like busy uh, more than ever, maybe. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. I feel like that was the case with a lot of people, different yeah. challenges in the, in the past year and people getting creative about how can we bring content to the fans and make it feel like things are kind of normal, even though it was very far from normal. I know I experienced that a lot with my job. Um, so great job. And, you know, thanks for bringing us DMB in a year without live concerts. It was, it was a good, uh, a good time. The drive-ins last summer. The driving was pretty cool, awesome. right? Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, let's just like start at the beginning for you. Um, can you just tell us about your, 
your life journey so far up to this point and kind of how you got into um, where you are now? Uh, has a DMB fan or has a DMB like related stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Sure. Well, how you yeah, got into well, photography and social media and all that stuff. And yeah, well, I never planned anything about it. It was just, it just happened in my life. I was basically, as I told before, I was, I am a graphic designer, always working as a, a graphic designer, uh, art director for 10 years now, 15 years or whatever. And I always, I'm a big music fan, not only DMB, but I'm a music fan first. I'm a metalhead. I love metal and hard rock and all that stuff. So yeah. So I'm, I'm always been working back in Brazil with concert productions and promoters and blah, 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 and, uh, or music magazines, covering shows and, you know, writing articles for magazines. And so I've been always, uh, there was always like a professional uh, uh, um, hobby for, for myself was music related, always. I always been, uh, I always lived as a designer, like the design stuff paid my bills, but uh, on the side, I was always working with music somehow. And all my productions, every, every show that I worked on in my life, I was always with my camera. And so I always documented the shows that I was working. And that I started to develop my eyes and develop techniques and whatever to, to uh, have the best results. And, uh, and I became a fan, a DMB fan back in 98 when they played in Brazil uh, in a festival called Free Jazz Festival. It was before the Scroll the Streets tour. And they went there with Ben Harper for the first time in Brazil. That was the first tour they went. And as a metalhead and rock and roll and hard rock fan, I went there to see Ben Harper, not DMB. Ben Harper in the beginning, the first two, the first two or three albums, he was kind of a heggy version of Jimi Hendrix. He was, it was kind of heavy. It was like, then it, it gets, he got more mellower, but in the beginning he was pretty, pretty rock and roll. So I went there to see him and drank every beer that I could drink. And uh, by the end of his show, I was wasted and out of my mind. And a friend of mine told, hey, you should just, I was going back home and he said, oh, stay here and watch the next band because you love them. And it was, was, it was one of those moments, you know, oh my God, Eureka, Eureka moment, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, that, that's my <laughs> shit, you know? And um. So yeah, so after that day, the day, next day I went to, to, to a record store and bought all their albums. Still hangover and still like, oh my God, what happened that night? And went there, bought all their studio albums, uh, crashed under the table and before, and uh, became a fan. So that was 98. And in two years, so by the end of 2000, I was such a hardcore fan that I was like, and because once you know Dave Matthews Band, you you start downloading their shows and you know the the, the bootlegs and all that stuff and and oh, yeah. and and being a metalhead and a hard rock fan in Brazil, I didn't know like no no other band would have uh, shows for you to download and with different set lists and like if you take a band like Iron Maiden, which I love, it's always the same set list. They start a tour, they play one set list, and the set list goes to the end of the tour. It's like a play. It's not like a show. It's like more like a, a musical. You know what I mean? So they, it's it's uh, 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 it's the same show. So I, n I never experienced a band that plays 
every night a different gig. So for me, everything was new and I, I, I became a huge fan. So by the end of 2000, I heard they were coming to Rock and Rio 2001. And I created a website, DM Brazil, uh, to promote the band here and uh, uh, while they were coming to play because nobody knew them. It was really, really a small band, a small fan base here. So I created a, uh, the website, DM Brazil, and uh, by pure luck, uh, there was a girl that they brought together to Brazil called Simone, and she was Brazilian, and she lived uh, in Charlottesville. Uh, she was uh, working in a restaurant, a Brazilian food restaurant that Roy and Carter used to go a lot, and they became really close, close friends. So when they came to Brazil, they, I don't know why, they just said, oh, okay, let's bring Simone with us. So they brought her in and, uh, and because I was Brazilian and she knew because of internet, I don't remember which bird was like, I don't know, Orkut maybe, I don't know which one we were using at the time, but she became aware that I was building this website. So she invited me to go to the hotel and meet the guys in 2001, in January 2001, and uh, to meet them and tell them that uh, I was building this website in Brazil. So we exchanged contact. I met everybody. I met Roy, I met Dave, I met everybody but on that day and uh, got contact with management. And from that day on, we kept in touch, not with the band, but kind of with management. And they invited me and said, hey, anytime you want to come to the U.S., to enjoy some shows come and we can give you like backstage pass you can say hi to us and that, all that stuff so starting on 2003 i start to go to the us to like get like one one gig two gigs or whatever just to, to enjoy the show and every time that i went there i said hey the website's growing we're doing a bunch of stuff there and they were like okay cool you know like this brazilian guy is talking to us and saying he, I, I could say anything that i want i just said it hey we are really doing it and the website's growing and your fan base is growing. And we started in Brazil tribute bands for the Dave Matthews band. So I had like five or six different tribute bands playing in Brazil every month. So that kept the band alive and the music alive in Brazil for from 2001 to 2008. So they, they didn't come back to Brazil for seven years. It's a long time for a band not to play in Brazil. So what kept them alive during the seven year period was kind of not only the website, but the website was a big part of it, the website and the wow. cover bands and all that stuff. So when they came back to Brazil in 2008, and I was going every year to the shows, like usually to Florida, but to Atlanta, to other gigs. And uh, they saw that every, everything that I was telling them that I was doing here was real. So when they came, the shows were sold out and they were much bigger than they were in 2001. And then he said, okay, this guy is telling you what, everything that he told us is true. And then, uh, then management hired me to do other stuff for other bands and for DMB. And then they came back in 2010 and uh, they knew I, I liked to photograph. Oh, and during this, those almost 10 years that I was going to the shows, I, I, I always asked for photo pass. So I could take pictures for uh -huh. DM Brazil for the Smart. website in Brazil. Smart. And, and, but not yeah. thinking about anything, just, just to have original content for mm -hmm. the website in Brazil, just to present something uh, unique for the Brazilian fans. So we, we could have our own material, not getting pictures from whoever was the photographer by the time with the band. 
So I kept showing them my, my pictures and say, hey, I'm doing this. And, and they, I think they liked it. So when it came in 2010, they didn't bring a photographer for a tour. And they asked me if I could do it. And I said, yes. And from there on, that's what happened. But the, my biggest, my, my, first, my first show stepping into any stage with any band was with Dave Matthews Band. I have done like a thousand shows before, but with other bands and in the rail, not on stage. So yeah. my first show uh, was with Dave Matthews Band in, in Rio in 2010 in a sold out show for like 15,000 people. And, uh, and yeah, that was my, my trial by fire. And uh, from there on, <laughs> wow. from there on, I stayed. That's basically wow. it. Oh, I mean, that basically that's it. That's that's yeah. an incredible story. That is cool. awesome. Cool I mean, you yeah. answered yeah. you answered so many of the questions um, that we had, <laughs> but it's brought up a couple more. So, I mean, really, you know, one of the questions that we had was, you know, what was that big moment that you knew? Hey, if I nail this and I shoot this show, you know, perfectly, or I have X Y Z photographs from this so-and-so is going to be impressed and I'll be able to get a bigger gig or something like that. But it sounds like to me, that's not really the way it worked. You, you know, became friends with the band, like all those cool things. And then all of a sudden, you know, you shoot a few shows and then bam, you're on stage with them. You know, what was it? What was that moment like? Um, how much of the show were you actually on the stage? And how much different was it from being like, there's the band to, hey, here's the band and there are the fans that yeah. is, you know, like you said, a sold well, out show. Yeah, my memory is not the best memory ever. So, uh, and that night was kind of a blurb. You can you can figure out why. Uh, I was super nervous, and uh, and and I was I was green too because I never never stepped on the stage, so I, I didn't know what to do. Basically, you know. So there's a there's a funny story about uh, so G Daryl, who is uh, uh, the big big G. He was uh, 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 the security guy for the band for years, years and years. And, and he was the security guy when I started. And he's a big friend of mine nowadays, but he was there that night. And I was going into the stage with kind of this, but white, which you never go on a stage for any band dressing anything else but black. But I, I didn't have a clue. You know what I mean? I, I was just with my camera and the band asked me, to shoot i was going okay i'm going to the stage what the fuck so i just was climbing the stage and he stopped me and said are you going to my stage dressed like this go back and try to find some black <laughs> shirts you know uh, so that's what i did and uh, but think about like I was super nervous already and I'm going to the stage and someone say hey stop here right here go change and come back you know so yeah, so I did it, and it was not only a show, it was a full South American tour, so after we did Rio, we did Sao Paulo, we, we traveled to Argentina, always, like, my first shows were, like, real Try by Fire, you know, wow. and uh, the Argentina show was the, the one that became a live tracks later on. Yes. Uh, it was amazing, amazing experience, but anyway, so it was a lot of stuff happening, I, I, it's more of, of a blur to me those, those days, uh, but yeah, they, it, it was very special just, just to be, because the, the thing is to shoot those bands, not only DMB, but any big band or a small band, like I think that to shoot any band or any artist 
the artist before being a good photographer, the arts the, the artist needs to trust you. If he don't trust you, you can be the best photographer in the world. You are not in, you know. So they need and not not trust you for you don't, don't screw anything like if I go on stage and you know uh, uh, stumble in something. It's not that. It's, it's something they have to trust you that you're not doing anything. You're not you know you you can there there's a line that you can cross always, and they have to trust you. You're not crossing that line, so um so yeah so for the band to uh let me be in the stage on the stage with them is more for me is more like a approval of that they trust me than that i'm a good photographer you know what i mean um because by that point i was not a photographer at all i never studied photography i never like it was always like as i said like a a professional hobby but I never studied photography. I just have a camera and start like pointing, shoot. And I still do that nowadays. I, I don't have any kind of, I don't even have interest. That sounds bad to say, but I'm not a, I'm not a camera geek. I don't know anything about a camera, really zero. You wouldn't be able to tell, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, no. So uh, um, I'm, I'm, I have a good eye. Uh, and uh, I know I have it. <laughs> I have a good eye. And, 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 and I'm really, as I am a graphic designer, I'm really fast and really good in post-production. So after I take the pictures, as soon as I have the image that I want on, you know, as, as soon as I have that frame, I can do pretty much what I want. So I just basically, on the concert that I shoot, I just basically try to get whatever I want to get. If I can get that on frame, I can turn that picture in anything that I want. You know, so that's, wow, that's how I work. You know, there are other, like, for example, Rene, who's huge friend of mine he knows like a thousand times more photography than i he's a photographer he studied that and he deserves the credits and he you know he's a photographer and his style is completely different than my style if you compare the, if you take a, a, a show that i shoot and you take renee's show it's complete opposite styles and mm -hmm. it's great and it's even great for for the band because then the band has different styles of photography in their uh, on tour uh, but we like I don't know shit and when Remedos does know <laughs> everything about photography, you know. Yeah. But I'm I'm really good on on the post production stuff. We sound Oh, we sound no, it looks like we, we're going to have to hire the, a graphic designer here for the podcast for our social media. It looks <laughs> okay. like Rodrigo is going to be the uh podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we we sound similar cuz I do uh I'm a videographer and I'm not as much into the technical stuff of it i feel like i just i like the look and i have a good eye for it and and i love editing storytelling all that stuff too so I, I feel you yeah it's it's like a musician you know once you like i play a little guitar but just just for fun but mm -hmm. once you really become a musician and you start to pay attention to whatever it's the guy's playing sometimes it, it loses the magic you know there's there's a lot of people who start learning about music and mm -hmm the simple music it's not fun anymore because you're just trying to figure out what they are doing and in photography for me at the same time that i should be learning more stuff because sometimes i i feel i lack a little bit of of uh, of the technical aspect of it uh at the same time i don't want to lose my uh, to be naive in that relation with the camera you know what i mean just because I, it's for me it's still magic i just take the camera and do what i do you know, yeah. and I don't know if I like keep like 
overthinking about I'm what I am doing, it might uh, uh, corrupt my work. You know what I mean? Does it, yeah. does it make sense? Yeah. No, I get that for sure. Um, yeah. We'll circle back around to some more photography questions in okay. a little bit. Um, but first, I just wanted to like clarify. So you you did your first show in 2010, yes. and then you're there for that um, professionally, really professionally. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I for for the band. And you do that tour, the South American tour, and then is there a conversation after that that's like, all right, like Rodrigo's our guy? No. You you go, like how did you end up coming back to like the U.S. I, and doing those shows? Yeah. And well, I think the well, I think the first year, like the the year next, two thousand eleven, mm-hmm. uh, I told them, hey, I'm going to watch like five shows. I don't know, and they said, oh, you're coming, so you're going to shoot those shows. So I paid my I paid my flights. I was just there, and they hired me to do because I was going to be there. Mm-hmm. So it it was like a, a, a it was step by step, little steps. So the next year they already paid for my flights, and you know, so it was like every year was a, a growing and growing and growing and and having more dates and you know showing better work. So uh, uh, I, I start to buy more equipment as well. So I my my pictures got better. There's there there mm-hmm. there is a year from I think from 2014 to 2015. You can see my work was like like the the quality of the work between two years was like astonishing and that because i i on, on the previous years i i got all the money that they paid me and, and invested in equipment and uh and because i was getting better because well you're doing more shows and you're you, you know you're 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 getting more experience and, and but there's a year that I, I can see clear clear clearly that my my pictures got better i think it's between or 2013 to 2014 or 14 to 15 but it's like the the jump of quality that's awesome that's awesome um have you noticed like a um a difference in like the fan base between like portugal and brazil and then doing shows in the u.s like yeah it seems pretty intense and like i've seen clips from the shows in brazil and it's like oh my gosh like, yeah. at, like a soccer game it's a soccer game yeah well first <laughs> of it all you have to you have to 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 uh understand that for us in brazil or even in europe even here uh you grow up if you are a dnb fan you grow up not thinking you ever see the band live because it's well before 998 the band never played in brazil for example and then they became like three more years and then eight years without playing so uh, the chances are you're not going to see DNB live in your life, you know. And th- when they wow. go to Brazil, they play like in three cities, four cities the most. So, and Brazil is huge. Brazil is like well, more than half USA, you know what I mean? So, the chances are you're not going to see the band in your lifetime. So, ev- it's not in, like in the US that you can see them, you know, 50 times a year if you want to go to the full tour, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, uh, so for most of the fans here, it's a once in a lifetime chance to see the band. So people are dying. It's not it's not a band that you watch like a couple, you know, three yeah. times a year, four times a year. It's it's really maybe your only chance to see in your lifetime, and wow. it happens in Europe. You know, so yeah. people are super excited. That's the difference. But it's how I wish. It's how I wish fans would treat it. 
here just understanding like hey man i mean this could be your one in a lifetime or your last time in your life i mean you can never know and yeah like that's how i want raleigh and charlotte to be when they when that band comes back like we didn't know when you know 2020 tour gets canceled and like all this stuff you just don't know what shows are going to look like in the future yeah. and all this stuff and like that's how that's how i'm going to be i'm going to be bouncing around i'm going to be chanting. oh yeah i'm going to be yeah. yeah i'm so pumped and we'll treat I, it like I, a soccer uh, game yeah i i wanted very much to be in the first gig man I, i'm jealous whoever i don't know who who's doing that but I, i'm jealous of uh, whoever is doing it I, i wanted to be in the first day but yeah i'll take a couple of cool iphone photos for you yeah <laughs> I, got, I, got you. Your way. Yeah. i got you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, but speaking of you know how awesome those fans are um you know it reminded me and you reminded me because you mentioned when the band returned in 2008 you know that was when it was without Leroy um and the fan tribute that occurred that night during the uh that was me 41 that was me okay yeah. I was gonna ask that was that uh created by you yeah and what was that like you know it the looks in the one or two videos that are out there from the band's faces is incredible to see but you know kind of talk to us about that night and like what what went into planning yeah, for that it was pretty the moment well, yeah it was pretty emotional i i was shooting that show from the rail i was not hired by the band but they let me shoot that show from the rail uh that night's kind of another blur for me but uh uh so we we just basically did it as a tribute uh the M brazil by that time in 2008 the M brazil had a lot of uh um uh, we could reach the majority of DMB fan base in Brazil. So everybody knew DM Brazil and everybody went to the website and, you know, so we kind of organized it to do through the website and uh, everybody knew what to do. And uh, that place is like only 4,000 people. So it was a small gig. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was easy just to organize everything. We just bought the balloons and spread it to the crowd. They told everyone that, They, which song they should release it and it it was easy to organize it was just an idea to uh, to pay our honors to to Roy and Roy was Roy was my best friend in the band and he was the one who told like he was the one who uh kind of um said hey Rodrigo is a cool guy let's bring him he can be with us Roy was the the, the first one who trusted me uh to be with them So I was wow. I wasn't that show in in, uh, in in LA when the day Roy passed, and um, and I was devastated, and uh, it was one of the the saddest day in my life. So I wanted to do something special for him and in his memory. So that's why we 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 did it. We did it in kind of DM Brazil. Did it. Well, we had a by the time we had a crew working on the website, and yeah, it was, it's pretty cool. Oh, man, that's awesome. It you was uh... really emotional. Yeah, I bet. Gosh. Um, do you have any any favorite Roy stories that you can share? Oh, man, I have a lot of favorite stories. Unfortunately, almost every Roy story is unshareable. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Though. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's okay. I, I think that says a lot already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Yeah, um, we miss we miss him for sure. So oh, that's, yeah, uh, we were a, definitely always. fortunate to be able to see him on stage um, a few times. So um, mm -hmm. we definitely cherish those memories. And then we were at the first show that um, that Jeff, the first two shows that Jeff uh, took really? over in 2008. Cool. Um, yeah, Charlotte and Raleigh and, again. And, yeah, and we talked about it all the time. Like 
they open with the stone. The stone's the first song they throw Jeff out on. Like, oh my God. I know. Uh, it's like, okay. You know, normally you say, oh, let's ease him in. No, they threw him on that. And then they threw um, a couple of others. And I was like, you're soloing as much as possible. So welcome. Oh my God. That's, that, that's cool too. But, but, uh, yeah. and the funny thing is that nowadays, Jeff is the, my best friend in the band. So I, I just, I'm friends with the, like the, the sax, sax guys. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. sax guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saxies. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, really cool stuff. Um, so you, you interviewed Dave in 2012 as part of like the away from the world promos. Yes. Um, my English was one, even, we, even worse by the time. No, oh, no, 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 no. We went back good. and watched. No, it's still good. It's still good. <laughs> it's, it was good. It's bad as shit. I was watching the other <laughs> nights and it was like, oh my God, it's so bad. But yeah. <laughs> How to, I mean, that had to be pretty like wild for you to go from, you know, a fan to starting your website to doing photographs to then interviewing Dave in the studio about like a new album. I mean, that's like everybody's dream like scenario what can you like walk us through that and i mean i don't know i'm just we're just jealous (laughs) yeah i even didn't know that that was going to happen um that the interview because i asked for the interview for dm brazil i just sent an email to management say hey can i can i interview dave for dm brazil and then it became that that's basically it you know what i mean it's my idea was not to do like the big away from the world interview whatever just asked to do one simple interview for the website for the in brazil and it became that's basically it there's no um but yeah for me it was it was huge and i was not prepared at all to be that what 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 they created with that but um uh, my, my 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 path with the band was was different than the most because i i be, first became friends with them and then started working with them. So mm-hmm. before working with them, I, I was already friends with Dave and all the other guys. So uh, he already felt secure and, you know, like he felt okay being around and being interviewed by me. And that's the trust thing that I, we, we, we talked earlier. Uh, so he trusted right. me already to, he, he felt comfortable uh, for me to interview him and to talk about him. We, we share a lot of uh, uh, same interests. He, Dave is a big music fan as well. So uh, I talk a lot, I talk, I talk a lot of with, with David and Stefan about music because we have some common ground of um, metal and rock and roll and all that stuff. Stefan is a metal guy. Yeah, Stefan is yeah. the metal guy. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. We, we, I, I change a lot of, of music information with him. Yeah, that's Sweet. awesome. I've got one more follow-up and then I'll throw it to Bruce, but have have they ever brought you into the studio to take like pictures of them like no. working on an album? Yeah, no. Uh, sad. That, well, I, I would love to, but nev- never. The, the, the problem is, my biggest problem is that I don't live in the US. So I'm not yeah. always there, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, never happened. But one day. One day. Yeah, let yeah. Me, I'll text Dave in a little bit to tell him to get on that. Please do, um, yeah. We'll get, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know we're buds too. Um, no, but you know, that's, you've had so many cool, uh, insights and everything. And, um, you know, just learning about how you got to be, you know, where you are, but you know, now you're here. So tell us kind of a, 
typical day when you go to the show and you're starting to shoot now i know that you have um and i'm pretty sure you've had some uh photos that aren't just of the band on the stage um you know sometimes maybe you know backstage or dave's riding a bike or you know whatever uh maybe a sound check you know maybe give us some insight to kind of how your day goes you know when you are following them around you know what time you get there what you're normally hey can you come shoot this or are they like rodrigo just do whatever you want just shoot all this stuff and and just do whatever you want. Yeah, I can do whatever I want, whatever I want. But uh, uh, I have limits that not it's not limits that the band uh, imposes me. It's not something that they will say, okay, Rodrigo, you can't you, you can't stay. For example, rehearsal room. Uh, the band sets rehearsal rooms in almost uh, every stop, uh, every city. They can or cannot rehearse, but the rehearsal room is set for them if they want to rehearse. Uh, when they rehearse, it's one of the best times because it's so unique and they usually stay there for, I don't know, 40 minutes, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And if I wanted, I could stay in the rehearsal room for the 30, 40 minutes. But then again, I could do maybe two times it and then I'll be out of the tour. You know what I mean? So I need to know my limits. So I need to go in and do whatever I need to do. For example, oh, I, I want 10 good pictures of them rehearsing, just to document it. I'll go in, I'll do whatever I want to do. As soon as I have my, my results and I'm sure that I have good photos, I'm out. There's nobody in the crew or in the band or whatever telling me how long should I stay inside. But I need to know that I have that specific time. And sure. I, you know, so basically there's no there's no limits the limits is the limits i impose but my typical day is that i just usually if i'm traveling with the crew uh i go to the venue whatever what the with the crew the time they are going there so sometimes it's in the morning sometimes we wake up already at the next venue so we travel during the night go to the next venue wake up at the next venue so i don't know 9 a.m i'm awake they are still getting the stage set up so i just rest or work the pictures from the pre the previous night and the band usually arrives like three four and uh so when they arrive i just have my camera all the time with me and whatever whatever happens like that i feel that's important or relevant or different than the other days or something unique i'm just need to be ready and uh if that's a rehearsal or a sound check or whatever whatever happens sometimes i don't know the other last tour uh there was one day that uh roshan and jeff was were throwing like baseball uh one another and that's something that does not happen every day so you know you don't, you don't know you never you never know what happened and uh sometimes there's a a, a guest uh in one show and you, you can get the guest talking to Dave backstage and that's a cool picture to, to have uh, and sometimes and sometimes you're doing you're getting Dave talking to another guest and there's someone on stage doing something even better but you're missing because and so sometimes you oh you miss Dave doing a song on stage because I was shooting Tim playing with Warren Haynes whatever you know so you you just need to be aware and pay attention and know uh, uh, um, try to choose the where you you are you are and try to get the best best shots. Oh man, it's like 
trying to choose just the the best kid or something like who, who do I go to I, I don't know what to do I mean there's yeah. too many good choices I mean oh, you yeah. you threw uh two things out there that we were going to follow up on anyways rehearsal room sound checks and I know you can't go into too too much yeah. there um and uh we completely understand but and you can just say yes or no but mm -hmm. kind of have there ever been any moments where you're like wow this is happening if anybody else knew that this was going down this right now they would be freaking out on whether it's you know dmb brazil or uh ants march you know all the the website like whatever the fans would just be like whoa but you're right there and you're like yeah i'm just gonna take a couple pictures here uh this is pretty cool and i'll just sit in for a little bit longer than uh than i planned nah, no but the, before working for the band one of the first trips that i did like 2004 2005 I was at the venue and they brought me in as a guest, not working with them. So that I feel, I feel okay to share. And uh, they put me, my wife, and a couple of friends at, uh, seated in front of the stage and the band, and the band was uh, doing a sound check. And I think You Never Know was not played for like two years. And they start playing You Never Know like four or five, six times, one after another. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, we just saw like, five times you never know here and they were like here and that but I, once again i was not working for them by the time and for me i was like such a huge fan for me that was one moment that got stuck in my head you know uh but ha like working for them sometimes i'm, I'm so focused on on uh, pictures it's hard for me even during the shows it, sometimes when they are playing a song that i like for example they stone is one of my favorite songs or or even if they play a, a super hair song then I, I usually stop shooting because if I'm shooting, I don't pay attention to what they are doing. So if I really want to enjoy a song and sometimes I give those five, six minutes for, for myself, I just stop shooting for one song and pay attention for a while and, um, and yeah, enjoy the show for a little bit. Because I, most of the shows that I'm shooting up, I just, it's not, I, I, mean, I don't count as a show scene, you know what I mean? I, I don't count as I've, I've been to that concert. I was just working. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool I don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if you, I don't know if you see me uh, uh, shooting, uh, and the fans, the fans that are at the radio can confirm that I sing the whole show with the camera. It's funny because, and I even don't realize that I'm doing it, but I'm all the time with the camera and singing and like sometimes screaming with Dave and doing all that stuff, but while holding <laughs> the camera. And a lot of fans that stay on the rail always like go on my shoulders, like you're singing everything. It's like, yeah, I'm a big fan too. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying here, but, <laughs> but it's, it's in the back of my head. I'm a hundred percent focused on taking the pictures. You know, I don't, I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. I'm just singing because I love the song too. That is awesome. I feel like you're just like knocking out all of our questions here. So, I mean, <laughs> great stuff, man. So, um, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, you know, you've been around now for um, Big Whiskey, um, away from the world, come tomorrow. And then now, hopefully, um, seemingly that they're releasing a new album, hopefully this year um, at some point. So, how does that process go for you? You know, on the social media side, do you all of a sudden, you know, a little bit beforehand, they're like, hey, we're releasing this album, this name, this, here's a picture or something like that that we want you to promote. You kind of create off of that or you just post it, or are they like, hey, here's such and such. Maybe you create 
whatever, but you're obviously given a little bit of insight prior to um, everyone else on the album side. So how does the promotion for, you know, a new album go? Let's say they release one in September of this year. You know, what's it going to look like in the ramp up to the release of the album? Hey, Rodrigo, you know, let's sell some albums here. It varies a lot. And information is like, sometimes it comes much earlier. Sometimes it comes like a week before. You never know. Sometimes I don't know my, my tour dates a week before I'm, I'm flying. So it, it wow. really depends. You know, it really depends. It's not something like, oh, okay, I know that if they release an album by the end of the year, I'll, by September, I'll have all the information. It's not like that. It can be, but, you know, you, you never know. And, uh, and, and once again, it's the same thing with, with anything on socials. Uh, I have, uh, I know what I have to do and I just do whatever I think is the best and send uh, for approval. And it, sometimes it passes, sometimes it's not. Got it. And that's okay. That's, that's how it works with everybody, I guess. Oh yeah. No. Sure. Yeah. That sounds, uh, that sounds familiar. It's, it's, I'm sure. it's, as, it's as boring as any other job, like on that, on that matter. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. that's it. You just send, you do your best and then hope for the best and it's approved or not. We got one more like venue um, photography type question. Um, since like, you know, the setup and everything is pretty much the same going venue to venue, unless you're at like the Gorge or Red Rocks or, you know, something something crazy like dream wish list for dmb fans like what's your point of attack at a show like how do you how do you change things up um like when you're taking photos because you know seemingly it's the same same thing every night um when i'm filming basketball you know i'm filming from the same spot and like filming highlights and it's the variation in the highlights that make it interesting like is it Mm -hmm. like what is it for you for me, it's the, it's the emotions. Every night, is most, the, the emotions are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the energy that the band receives from the crowd and the energy that the band sends for the crowd is different every night. And, and, and it impacts in the emotions the, bands are, the band are feeling, uh, is feeling on stage. So every night, there, there are those moments when, that I try to capture. And my focus on photography is not to capture... Uh, it's not, it's, well, when you, when you are on tour every night, obviously you try to capture different angles and you, you know, just for them not to look the same. And, but my mm-hmm. main objective is to capture the best emotions I can capture. Yeah. Uh, so if I get those, that moment when Dave is, is, is having his best moments on stage, you know, or, whatever yeah sometimes you know it's, it's it's just an eye sometimes it's yeah. just like you know and you can feel that he's feeling the music that's yeah. the moment that i want to, to capture so and sometimes you you spend like three hours shooting and you get one picture that shows it and that picture is w- worth the whole thing yeah and sometimes you don't get any you know but uh that's what i try to keep you i try to 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 document that mm-hmm. that spark you know that spark in the eye that it's rarely you can catch in a picture and when you when you catch it's 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 the magic it's the best feeling yeah you know no, it's nothing so, like it yeah so that's that's my that's my goal every night and that Got keeps it. me that keeps me uh um how can i say um 
ready for the next night you know like that keeps me trying to get better and better and focus it in to 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 do my best work mm-hmm. you've got one hell of a band to uh to be able to follow to do that and to find out oh, yeah. you know all yeah. of those emotions um so you know what are some of your other favorite bands to photograph or which ones have you photographed um i know you're a big you're a big metal guy um so oh, i would yeah. assume that you've done um some work for metal and i've seen you know your personal social media and you post uh, some photos from there uh, so what are the some of the other bands that you enjoy uh going out and photographing and do you you know actually work for any of those as well i toured a bunch with bands i i love uh european metal classic metal so bands like uh, iron maiden judas priest all that sh- i love all that shit and um so um uh i toured a bunch with two european metal bands one is epica and uh that's pretty big here in europe and the other one is blind guardian which as well as pretty big here we did a bunch of brazilian tours and that they are super nice guys and uh yeah so those two bands are one of my favorite epicas really really great it's a great band on stage and it's super easy to 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 shoot i've i've worked with ben harper before i worked with gogo bordello um man so many bands kids is a great band to shoot always so <laughs> so so much fun and they and they like to get shot you know what i mean they like they, they just go in your front and pose for you you know it's it's, <laughs> it's it's a it's a great band to 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 be there and um so yeah, man, I have so much stuff. If you if you if you go to my website and if you so and, and living in Brazil now I'm here in Lisbon, but living in Brazil, Brazil has a big music scene of Brazilian music. We this Brazilian jazz music that's called choro or samba or whatever. But we have a big instrumental scene in Brazil of music, and I'm friends with all those musicians. Most a lot of them are even introduced into the band and they start, ended up playing with the band like Carlos Malta and Hamilton de Holanda all those cats are my mm. friends in Brazil that I kind of introduced to the band Gabriel Grossi the, the harmonica player uh, so all those guys are kind of legends back in Brazil and they are like the the top guys in our instrumental music scene so I've been around those guys since forever and shot them a million times and uh their friends and uh they're they're cool people too so yeah but um i would love to go on tour if iron maiden or one of those bands that uh, are my like uh, there's a band that i love that's called halloween it's a german metal band they just released their new album now and that's another band that i really really would be happy to to be on tour with so it all depends i've shot halloween a bunch of times but not working for them on tour or you know yeah that's awesome just be able to expand your horizons and stuff like that i mean yeah those guys uh hamilton de holanda and uh carlos oh my gosh they're so they're so they're so good um extremely talented they just surprise me every time they are amazing and did you introduce them to the band yeah well jeff jeff coffee knew Jeff Coffin came to Brazil with the Flectones back in 2016, I think. Huh. And um, and Jeff knows everybody as well. And he just, when they were there with, with the Flectones, uh, they met all those cats. So they met Carlos and they met Hamilton and they met Gabriel and Hermeto Pascual. I don't know if you heard about Hermeto. Hermeto is like the godfather of 
Brazilian instrumental jazz music. So they met all those cats and Jeff kept in touch with Carlos. And uh, I just rebuilt the bridge between them after a few years. And just when they came back to Brazil in 2008, I put Carlos in contact with Jeff again and the band and they just reunited. And, and Carlos played that with the balloons of the Leroy tribute thing. Carlos played on that night as well. So uh, starting by that night, it's kind of uh, every every time the band comes to Brazil, we kind of invite uh, a musical guest, and sometimes they bring uh, them to the U.S. as well. But try to try to uh, find uh, Gabriel Grossi, the harmonica player. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's the same mm -hmm. level of, of Carlos and, and Hamilton. He's, Will do. Yeah. Yeah. Out of this world. He played with the band on the last time in Brazil in 2019. He played okay. the São Paulo gig. There's a what would you say? song uh with him and it's out of this world we'll have to throw that in um right there nolan we'll have to throw in uh that music right there so yeah, yeah. there's um, there's on youtube you is... can find you you can find Cut that harmonica Excellent. solo in there man <laughs> it's amazing it's out of this world awesome yeah so i mean the big question is uh when are we going to see you in person when are you going to be back doing your your gig at shows so if everything works out the way I'm, I plan and I hope, uh, I'm getting vaccinated here in Lisbon on the 26th, now in June. And I already told my uh, the management and the band that uh, I will be, if, if it works out the way I'm planning, I will be free to go um, mid-August or by the beginning of August. So my best guess is that I'll be in, uh, by the end of August, beginning of September, I'll be on tour and I'll try to do the second leg of the tour but it, once again it's not up to me they know they know i'm available starting that that uh dates and i hope they invited me but it's if if, if it was up to me i would be there already so uh yeah. it's not up to me yeah. you know so i'm just waiting for them to say hey Rodrigo, come and yeah so we'll meet you at the uh, gorge DD, we'll DD see you there management. send them to I, the man, gorge I we really, see oh yeah i really want to, to i the, the, i told them that I would love to be at the gorge. So yeah. What a reunion. That would be awesome. That'd be epic. That'll be, yeah. Speaking of epic, we're about to go through some epic rapid fire questions with uh Rodrigo really quickly. We're <laughs> gonna just fire him at him and let's see what his uh answers are. He has no idea what we're about to ask. Um, we'll start off. What is your favorite DMB album? Before the scrolled streets, for sure. <laughs> that Easy is correct. Course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's an easy one yeah. favorite song ah, between pig the stone 41 and crush Ooh, i mean can't go wrong uh either of those, those are great. um how about the uh the and i know that you said you're kind of too focused but you still may be able to uh parse one out here what's the favorite uh concert that you have photographed It's hard, man. So many. Uh, I would say, man, Rock in Rio 2019 was pretty special because just to be on that, well, I'll say the two most important for me, before, besides the first one, because the first ones was like, you know, like I was super excited and, but 
the two most important for me was my first time shooting professionally at the Madison Square Garden was on the 2018 tour. They did two nights there and I was there, I was the photographer. And I have been to the Madison Square Garden before, but not working, not working with the Dave Matthews band. And it was like a big night for me. Uh, and and working Rio 2019, not because not only because of the show, but because of what it represents, just to be on the biggest stage, probably in the planet, in the planet. Rock in Rio, I think is the biggest festival in the planet right now. And uh, so it's just to be on stage and with the band, with the days that we, we went, because once they are in Brazil, I'm kind of the guide, you know? So I, we're just there, my family, my wife and my, my, my daughter watched the show from the stage. My, my, my daughter was four years old or three years old. So it was the whole, it was the whole thing, you know? I was there and it's, it's in my country and in the biggest stage in the world and shooting the band, it's pretty magical. Wow. Uh... So I guess other than Rock in Rio, what do you have a favorite venue to photograph the band at? Mm, th that would be the classics, like the Gorge. I love Spec. I think the yeah. Gorge and Spec are my favorite. Alpine too, but if I had to like choose two, Spec, Spec and the Gorge. Spec yeah, is easier. Fans. Yeah, Spec, Spec is easier to shoot than the Gorge, and it's sure. it's it's uh, easier to get better shots it's easy to mm. different angles and different stuff and it's just easier to be there the gorge is magical because it's the gorge but uh, if i have to choose okay so which one you prefer to shoot spec but each one is you prefer to be at a show the gorge like it i like it turning okay. it into two questions yeah he's creating content <laughs> for us he's the content creator he's the master <laughs> um is there one that you haven't been able to um red rocks Visit whether okay, Red Rocks perfect. Answer my question. Yeah. Next one, Nolan, go. If there's right, any this... band, if there's any band listening to us, please hire me to shoot. I, I do it for free. I just want to go to Red Rocks yeah. and shoot somebody. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> you know? yeah. All right, this one's for the photog friends out there. Reagan Lund, Duke Athletics photographer. Shout out. You might want to listen to this part, buddy. Uh, <laughs> what equipment do you use? Camera, lens. What are your go tos? Uh, easy two 6ds one 6d with a 24 70 2.8 the other one with um 70 200 2.8 as well and that's it sometimes i take a uh so those cameras stay with those lens all the time i just work with two cameras all the time 24 7 backstage or concerts all the time i don't change lens i if not i, I lose the moment so it's all the time with two lenses Sometimes I even carry a third one with a wide angle lens or sometimes mm. I just carry it in my pocket and change it when I need to change. But it's like, usually by the end of the show that I, when I know that I have all the shots that I need, I just put the wide angle and get like full stage shots and full light shots. And, but usually that's by the end of the show and I'm okay, I'm, I have all the shots that I want and I can just, you know, just get the full band and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, basically is the two 60s with those lenses. And that's all I need. They are not even a great cameras. Just it's it's just what I need. You know, I don't need anything better than that. Well, the the stuff it produces looks great. So yeah, yeah. All right, Bruce, one more. I've actually got a couple more, but um, but one um that I have 
is we have obviously seen a ton of pictures of you taking um, of the band cheersing the Jeff's juice that he creates pre-show. Have you ever had Jeff's juice, the smoothie? Yes, yes, I have. It's just a mix of every fruit he can find. <laughs> and yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's energetic. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, favorite artist That's or band, hilarious. not DMB. Rush. Okay. Oh, for sure. Well, nice. Neil Who's Pert. better, Neil Pert or Carter? Well, Carter's alive. Carter's the best one alive. Let's say. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but, enough. Uh, All right. But uh, but uh, yeah, Rush. Rush the the uh, the band that I most listened my whole life. Much more than wow. Billy. That's amazing. Rush wow, is with awesome. me. Rush is with me since I was like a young teenager. Yeah. You know. DMB, I was already like on my 20s, 20 something, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so Rush, sure. Rush is with me for my whole life. You know, I have, I have DMB tattoos all over, but I have Rush too. And, you know, like I, it's a, it's, oh, nice. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. And uh, after Rush, Zeppelin, you know, I, Genesis, I love all, I, I love a bunch of old prog music as well. So all those 70s bands have a, a soft spot in my heart like yes wow. Genesis, king crimson all this blend all those bands <laughs> are i'm a big fan you got your favorite dmb tattoo suggestions for some covers oh i do i i, I always tell dan you know yeah i for example what if i had to choose like a third band for like rush the dmb rush are the top ones and then uh the second one after then would be jet for tall I love Jethro Tull. It's one of my, you know, all-time favorite men. And I always tell Dave that I, I wanted a Jethro Tull cover. And, and Tim covers it. Tim, Tim on his uh, trio uh, uh, format, uh, he plays Aqualand. Okay. It's great. And I think it would be great for the band to play Aqualand. Or a Rush song. I always tell them, you should play Rush, man. Maybe this year. Yeah. Maybe. What's your favorite DMB tattoo that you have? Mm, I have I have a forty one in my leg that it was my first one. Uh, let me see. Can you see it? Dave pajama pants. Oh yeah, there it is. DMB forty one and my and my baby yoga socks. Amazing. I have those same <laughs> socks, baby yoga really? socks. Yes, yeah. I have those same socks. I got them yeah. from Disney. That's yeah, hilarious. That's, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, that that's freaking awesome. Um, when we, I've got one more Nolan that I came up with, um, and this will lead us out of the interview and into the 2021 uh, summer tour. If you had to choose one song, what are they going to open the tour with, um, regardless of whether you think or what would you like for them to really open up? Hey, this is what we're coming back with. Welcome back, um, we love you, fans. <laughs> well, I think they will open with "Don't Drink the Water" or "One Sweet World." But I wish they would open with uh, uh, Hello Again. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. Rodrigo tells Dave, open with Hello Again. Um, and I would thank him <laughs> very, very much. If they do that in Raleigh, um, I will immediately be calling Rodrigo back on the Zoom call and be like, look, look, look they're doing it. And then thank him for his for his generous work. Um, <laughs> that would be awesome. You no, know, it's it's been uh it's been a real pleasure speaking with you um thank you thank yeah you yeah thanks for joining us i hope i, I hope you like it <laughs> just oh yeah. yeah i'm 
Well, we did, and we force all the fans to like it too. I mean, learn something from this guy. This guy has so much insight. He's had so many cool experiences, um, and you'll see him out on tour this year. And hopefully, we'll be able to see him at the Gorge, and we'll cheer some Jeff Juice with him. <laughs> yeah, and please, um, if you see me, please say hello. Anyone that I'm, I'm well. really happy to meet fans, and uh, you know, so everybody who see me walking by, just please, uh, you're not bothering. Just come and say hello. It's it's fun. It's always fun. And if you don't know my work, please follow me. Uh, my social media is uh, on Instagram. I have two accounts. One, one is my personal account, but there's a lot of pictures over there too. Uh, it's Rodrigo DM Brazil. And the other one is strictly professional uh, pictures. That's Rodrigo Simas Photo. And, uh, and you have my website as well. It's Rodrigo Simas Photo. Sorry, Rodrigo Simas Simas.fot.br. Uh, Check this man out and say hello when you see him. And we also, we love getting to hear your request on the Sirius XM. Oh, uh, yeah. Raven, that was awesome. Raven. Yeah. Choice. That was epic. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask for Day Stone, but he played in a previous episode of it. So I uh, would have done yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had yeah, asked for You Never there. Know earlier in the year, and he didn't choose it. And then he chose someone else's You Never Know. Whoever that guy is, I'm coming for you. <laughs> No, but uh, thanks for joining us again. Thanks, everybody, for listening slash watching. Obviously, this is uh, up on YouTube as well. And um, we'll see you guys out on tour. And uh, next time on the corner of Gray Street. Bye-bye. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy.